0: this is our final episode of making sunday happen this week we're going to take a trip down memory lane and i'm going to share some of our favorite clips and memories over the last eight years let's do it
1: this is the definitive podcast for helping you plan create and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church Useful practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen.
0: Hey, friends, welcome to the podcast. Bittersweet this week, as this is our final episode of Making Sunday Happen. But I've been sharing with you over the last couple of months that even though this podcast is coming to a close, I will be moving over hosting duties for a brand new podcast that we will be releasing called Your Visuals Matter. And we are moving from 1230 Media to Church Visuals is our brand new name and brand. We are very excited about this move. ChurchVisuals.com is our new website. So be sure to check us out there, ChurchVisuals.com. Our new site has over 30,000 pieces of ready-made media for adults, kids, and students that you can download instantly and use at your church. You can also come to us for custom media. And as it relates to this podcast, we are massively expanding our training library, more podcasts, courses, webinars, articles, books, and more. So you're not getting rid of me. We are massively expanding, actually. So just find me over at yourvisuals.com. Matter is the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the new show. Uh, if you would, there will be uh, weekly episodes of that show as well. And it will go kind of in a linear fashion. It'll be a little bit less on the uh, famous names on, uh, on on that show. It's going to be a little bit more uh, linear, a little bit, a little bit more uh, ministry leaders in the trenches of ministry, making it happen week in and week out. So that is all coming to churchvisuals.com. Be sure to check that out, please. All right. This week on the show is a big retrospective of some of our favorite clips and moments. So let me give you a little bit of history of our show. This podcast actually started under a different name. We actually started under the name The Church Media Podcast back in the day. We did 200 episodes under the name The Church Media Podcast. Then we expanded out for those who plan, create, and execute the worship experience. The podcast just got uh, more popular and listeners uh, came and we had worship leaders and communications folks and other folks asking us for some additional content as well. Uh, and so we kind of moved from the church media podcast to uh, the Making Sunday Happen podcast. Uh, but episode number 200 uh, was kind of when we made that that changeover. Uh, that was kind of the last Church Media Podcast and 201 started making Sunday happen. Uh, but that episode number 200 was a milestone for us as I interviewed a hero of mine in the Christian uh, space, and that is Christian music artist Stephen Curtis Chapman. Uh, now, this first clip has no video on it because we didn't start video. Uh, until episode number 201. So Stephen Curtis was the last audio podcast that we did, but I still wanted to drop it here because this was one of my favorites. So here's a clip from my interview with Stephen Curtis Chapman. Through this uh, podcast, you're talking directly to people uh, in church world, that makes Sunday happen. Okay, so that's church production people, uh, pastors, volunteers, first impressions people. And uh, you mentioned you've you've done a few concerts and worship experiences in your day. Speak to the people who are in the grind week in week out, creating worship experiences for people. Any words of wisdom for that crowd?
2: You know, I first of all, my, my first word would be a word of of gratitude, and a word of uh, encouragement, because what you do is often very uh, thankless. Um, It's, I know my dad, I grew up with a father who spent several years as a kind of volunteer minister of music in our little church that I grew up in, and I watched how hard he labored to honor God, to do what he did with excellence, and often, you know, there wasn't a lot of appreciation coming from you know the the people necessarily uh, it was sometimes more the the uh you know expectations as opposed to the appreciation you know
0: right. of
2: could you do this could you do that better um why why you know why am i not being asked to sing a solo or you know whatever the number of things that can be challenges with that and um and so i just would first of all say you know leading us, and I'll put myself in the congregation side on this in in worship. Uh, you know that part of what you do in ministry, ministering to the you know the sheep, you know uh, of the flock every week is a is so needed and necessary, important and vital. And uh, so, thank you for that. And then, you know. Uh, The thing that I have found in my own role as being one who does that in more of an itinerant, you know, kind of way, you know, moving in and out of, you know, communities and cities and churches, but still with that same heart of wanting to minister to and encourage the body, um, I, I come back over and over again. It's very simple. It's very cliche. We've heard it. But, you know, as we continue to not worry as much about being the worship leaders as we concern ourselves with being the lead worshipers. Hmm. You know, those who are most uh, amazed, uh, continuing to put ourselves in a place of being amazed at God's love for us, God's grace, uh, you know, in a place of worship. And then just lead out of that. Lead out of our brokenness. Lead, you know, lead others, serve out of our own, you uh, The the reality of our own need of God, the more we do that, the more we're going to have the energy and the strength to do it, you know, and and the more honest that we are, we all know this, but we've never been more desperate in the church for just honesty Mm. in the journey. And I encourage worship leaders so often, man, just write those songs, lead from a place just as David did in the Psalms when he said, you know, as much as he said, your love is better than life, better is one day in your courts, you know, Lord, I lift your name on high. If you look around that, it was constantly surrounded by a lot of how long, oh lords, you know, are you going to forget me forever? Um, You know, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm, you know, battling, you know, discouragement, despair, depression, and being honest about that, uh, you know, is so important and and needed as well. So, anyway, there's a few thoughts that I would pass on uh, to my friends.
0: That one was one of my all-time favorites getting to interview Stephen Curtis. It was really special. Uh, But let's move on to a clip from episode number 211 of the show where I interviewed the lead singer. We're going to continue on with this Christian music artist thing. I interviewed the lead singer of Big Daddy Weave, Mike Weaver. And I talked to Mike about leading others when you're going through a storm yourself. Here's a word from Mike. So during this time... You're creating content, you're creating music, you're doing mm. concerts, you're mm. out there every night. How, how in the world, and you touched on this a little bit, but how in the world did you bring yourself to uh, find joy, put a smile on, sings the, sing the songs that you were singing while you're dealing with this?
3: You know, it was, it, some, some of it was just in faith, you know, and we just have to go out there and we're yeah. like, it literally is just a decision. Like, I'm just going to. I'm going to sing this, even though I don't know how I feel about it. You know, um, but what I'm learning is that our feelings are so fickle, man. Um, We can be so misinformed by our feelings. But the truth of, of who Jesus is, man, does not waver in any way towards us. The songs I was singing every night didn't have anything to do with my faithfulness to God. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, they had everything to do with God's faithfulness towards me. Yeah. And he would literally carry us through by putting our trust in him, knowing that it's got to come from him. It's got to be from him. He's got to do it, you know. And um, yeah, man. And then just one moment at a time. Mm. You know, can you get through the next moment? Can you hang in there? Because it felt like, well, we just need to give up. Um, we need to go take time mm. off. We need to go, but we kind of couldn't because it's also our job. You know, right? And that was that's a weird that's a weird thing to navigate. You know, right. the whole, all of that. But then, professional minister, which I still have not reconciled all of that. You know, right? But man, you know, we try our best to let it, let it be a pure thing, and let the Lord help us in that. You know, yeah, yeah. show up.
0: Uh, yeah I think you hit on something good there, in that we talk to a lot of people that are on a church staff that they can't necessarily take a break from uh, i mean the the Sunday's coming <laughs> it's on the way. Dude, yes. it is not gonna stop uh and and you're dealing with stuff personally, so how do you go out there every Sunday? How do you keep going if you're just getting knocked?
3: You know, you know what happened though, man, is some of the time I would just go out and tell them exactly what was going on, yeah. man. You yeah. know, that authenticity. And um, and just be like, guys, I feel like I am falling apart right now, you yeah. know. But at the same time, we focus on something that's greater than us, you know. Yeah. And as we would do that, man, the Lord would meet us there. And it would, it was literally just like it felt like a 15 minutes at a time you know what i mean but it's crazy because when we would say man i'm really dealing with this all of a sudden you see this entire pocket of the room go me too you know and you and you realize that man that's at that point all of the life part of it has to come from jesus all of the ministry all the power all the man it's all about him it's not a formula it's not anything else man you know it's It is a person I took, man, I used to have these huge theological headbutting matches about how sure I was about this or how sure I was about that, man. All of that went out the window in the storm, dude. You know, man, I was in the ambulance with my brother, man. My brother's back there. His wife's following us in their car. And I heard Holy Spirit say to my heart, he said, how's this line up with your religion on paper? And I'm like, God, I got nothing. All I have is you. And I'm telling you, Carl, dude, it came back so quickly. He just goes, I am all you are ever going to need. Mm-hmm. And so when I come across that, like, great statement or whatever, and I want to live in that place and be like, oh, I need to share that again and again and again and again. Man, that is already, it, man, it's got an expiration date on it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's like we got li- we got to learn to live in the moment. I'm talking to me right now I'm not talk- I'm not preaching at somebody like we need to you know what I mean
4: Yeah
3: I like we get we need to learn how to live in the moment with Jesus and the truth is that does not start when you're planning for Sunday morning. <laughs> Right. There was this day. There was this day. I remember this man. And forgive me if I'm going a different direction than you want. But but man, I remember this day I was walking in the hotel or something and I heard Holy Spirit say, pick up that towel over there. And I'm like, that's not God. Why are you telling me to pick up the towel? I got about five steps away. And clearly, man, I heard this. He said, you're telling me you're going to get all the way to the end of this night and wonder what I want to do in the room because that's the first time you decided to listen to me. It wasn't about the towel at all. It was about walking with him. It was about hearing him. And we got to hear him in the times way before we get to Sunday morning because ministry comes from the overflow of intimacy with Jesus, not from our, you know, planning center agenda, right? Right. It's like Mm, it it has to come from knowing him, you know? And this is the great thing, though. You do not have to convince him to be in relationship with you, man. He made every way. I mean, Jesus is the way, like literally while we're as messed up as we can be before we even existed on the earth. Right. I mean, God demonstrates his love in this, that while we're yet sinners, Jesus died. He made a way because he wants to have that intimate relationship with us. He, mm-hmm. wa- he, his church is his idea. I mean, maybe not the format that we go through or whatever, but ch- the church, his bride, that's his idea. If you want to see fruitful ministry, we got to get with the one. We got to get with the bridegroom himself, you know?
0: When we were all in lockdown in March of 2020, if you remember back then, nearly zero churches in America met in a physical location on Easter of 2020, which was absolutely crazy. Uh, we had an opportunity to bring together several thought leaders in our space into one big, huge Zoom call to talk through what we were seeing, what we were experiencing. So a lot of thought leaders here in this next clip. But here's a clip from that episode. Luke, you mentioned Facebook and a lot of people, I agree, a lot of people thought that Facebook was going to shut down or that it was, you know, going to be a, a heavy burden on on uh, online. Uh, and Katie, uh, I saw you mentioned that we had the biggest day in, in online church history. Um, uh, you know, I don't have any
5: stats to actually prove that. It just felt like it had to have been the biggest day in online church you know, history. I,
0: we have to believe you. We have to go with it. Um, what, what do you make of that, Katie? What do you, what do you think that, um, you know, what do we make of basically every church in America moving to online?
5: I think it's really cool that we embraced it so quickly. Uh, It was definitely, it was definitely hard. There was definitely a switch that had to flip in a lot of churches' mind about the building and that we're not the building that we can be gathered um, like just through the internet. And so I'm honestly very proud of all the churches. I mean, that just went to work immediately and, uh, sought after, you know, I think a lot of them immediately thought like, it's gotta be super professional. We need to do it in the sanctuary. And I think as time goes on, we're probably going to see that change in the next uh, couple weeks. So I honestly think it's better for it to be more stripped down. It's okay for it to be from your pastor's house. It's okay to stream, um, via zoom, like have your worship pastor at his house and your pastor at their house and then y'all switch back and forth, you know, Um, because we never done this before. Right. And so we don't know what it really looks like, but I just think it's so awesome that, um, that we were able to pull off last Sunday, right? Last Sunday was such a big, I think historic Sunday, um, for many churches. And so this coming Sunday is also going to be another big historic because there's a lot of churches that went ahead with having church last Sunday, Right. Many of them actually saw an increase in people coming, which is just wild. That doesn't normally happen. Yeah. And so I just, I think it's going to, it's encouraging um, that the church is, is going forth and, and helping people. And yeah, there's Kenny. Hey, Kenny.
0: Hey, Kenny. What's going on, buddy? Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, and it's, it's kind of unprecedented. There was a, um, a church of, uh, they run two or three thousand people on a weekend uh, here in town, our, our largest Methodist church. And they met uh, on Sunday. Um, obviously, they will not meet um, this coming Sunday. So I think, you know, just kind of preparing for several weeks, up to eight weeks or more of, of seeing this. Um, ben, what does that mean for, for pastoring? Obviously, we can't be in person with people physically um, in, in a physical location, but we can still minister. And I, I want people to understand that, that our job is, hasn't changed in pastoring our people. Um, how do we go from here as far as pastoring?
6: Yeah, the three words that I've been coaching other pastors with is hope, pivot, and merge. And this is something that we've been telling ourselves here at Christ Fellowship Miami as well. So, So first of all, hope. People are in desperate need of that. You may not... Uh, know how you are going to do this, but whatever you need, whatever hope you need to receive from Jesus so that you can give it to others, again, in your congregation and in your community, because you are going to have more eyeballs on you, um, receive that, fill up your hope tanks so you can give it out to others. So so first of all, hope. Uh, The second thing is pivot. Um, You probably had your plans for your message series for Easter. You may have your, your whole plans for the rest of the year you're going to have a pivot for that. For, for us here at Christ Fellowship, we had, we had a planned for six months a financial campaign uh, for six months. For the last six weeks, we were in a message series leading up to Commitment Weekend. Commitment Weekend was, was for us last weekend. We had to cancel that and we are in a complete pivot in relationship to that. So mm-hmm. we, we have our, our nice pristine plans in our hands. But we're learning how to pivot and to do that very quickly to be, to be nimble enough to respond to this. And then the last thing is merge. So you may be a church that is going to come out of this with a rocky financial situation. Yeah. If that's the case, be proactive and start looking for other churches where you may need to merge with. And on the flip side, if you're a church that can help bring along other churches into your body of, of churches and continue the work of God on their campus through under your leadership, think that through. But um, churches need to do that now, because if they don't, we're gonna find ourselves all up a creek. So I w- I'm, I'm encouraging churches to think that through on both sides of the spectrum. If you're a church that um, helps others merge onto you, or if you may need to be a church to merge, um, we need to be planning for, hoping for the best, but planning for the worst in relationship to the financial realities of a continued downturn in the economy, and reduced giving because we're not passing physical buckets as well. So those are the three things I've been coaching pastors on.
0: It was really interesting to see what we were thinking through the COVID pandemic and how as a church we were shifting and moving. It was great to see and have that gathering of leaders to chat about that. I just... It was enjoyable to kind of go back and listen to that episode and kind of see where we were right, where we were wrong, uh, how we were shifting and moving. So it was very interesting. All right. Let's move on to my chat with Brad Weston. Brad is the founder of Renewed Vision and the creator of ProPresenter. And I talked with Brad about the move to Pro7. Check this out. All right. So get us into pro seven. Uh, so I'm going to talk with Cody Patterson, uh, from your team next week about some of the specific features of pro seven, but I want to talk to you more about, uh, kind of the theory behind the build, why the change, why the update and, and all that. So, um, get us in there. What, what were you hearing? Uh, what were you experiencing with pro six that led you on the path to pro seven?
7: Yeah. Um, we have been again having a heart for the church and being a part of that uh, of, of the church community for so long. Uh, we really want to provide tools that enable the church to do what they want to do to communicate the gospel creative and creative ways, right yeah. And so I'm very grateful myself again, being a 20 year volunteer of North Point Community church that I've, um, I'm a part of an organization that is. Uh, very creative, other people in it you know we 've been involved with passion, city church and passion conferences for a long time uh, certainly uh, those those guys are are very creative and so they allow us to um, you know when they have an idea. Uh, hey, we want to do these really weird trapezoidal looking screens and can you do words on an angle and can you, you know, at the same time, we want to put the words on a ribbon because we're in a big stadium. This is not a problem that churches typically have. They're not typically in stadiums with a ribbon board and that kind of thing. So all of the development that we actually do is really with the heart to just provide the tool that is necessary to do the job. And, uh, that's that's kind of what's fueled our our passion and our our flame for for these the so many years. So ProPresenter 7 is just kind of taking the next logical step with that. And uh the key the heart of of ProPresenter 7 is it's uh, well ProPresenter in general is its display engine. Uh the display engine is you know we want to have the very best video uh playback possible. Um for, so that it's appropriate for churches, but it's also appropriate for, you know, broadcast news stations and the Olympics and Disney and all these other things. So uh, what more and more people are doing with the advent of having screens on the stage, in addition to the two side screens, the IMAG screens that, uh, that people see, uh, there's, there's web streams. So there's this need to have multiple outputs from a computer. We have customers that have wanted to have multiple stage displays, that have wanted to have uh, a teaching display, that want to have a separate feed for, you know, doing a a large, wide, edge-winded screen or a lyric banner, you know, that just shows the lyrics while simultaneously showing lower thirds on the output and that kind of thing. So the real heart of ProPresenter 7 was to just kind of rip things apart and say, all right, we want to do multi-screen. We've done multi-screen for a long time, uh, but it required a a specific box because basically we were... Um, using a, yeah, the box being a triple head to go or a, a Matrox dual head to go. These are boxes that take a really wide image from your computer because when you plug it in, your computer sees a display that's three times wider than a normal display and then cuts it into three separate pieces. Well, then we would layer, uh, uh, turn on or off the different layers ha- as you wished to those different outputs, um, which then the box would take this really wide output and split it into what, you know, appeared to be three distinct uh, images. Well, that's that worked fairly well, and we uh, I think we were the number one reseller of those Matrox boxes for a long mm-hmm. time. But uh, clearly, the problem therein is you don't have the ability to do the alpha key infill. you don't have the ability to uh, show different content on different screens and whatnot. So, our, our or or to do you know SDI output second kind of thing. So, um, our our vision for Pro Seven really started with the whole display methodology and and what can we actually do to create multiple displays to give the flexibility that people wanted for their environments, whether to have multiple stage displays, whether to have, you know, a large uh, lyric ribbon at the same time that they're sending a, a different feed to uh, their, their web streams or what whatnot. So that is really kind of the big killer feature of Pro 7 is what we actually did with the display engine and being able to have uh, multiple displays because we heard from a lot of different customers and saw lots of different uh, environments where this was going to add a lot of, of Power uh, to their environment, a lot of yep. uh, flexibility. So,
0: on episode number 300 of our show, we welcome worship leader and songwriter Phil Joel to the show. You might know Phil from The Newsboys, he was a guitarist for The Newsboys. So, check this out.
8: These guys in, in, in churches, and I, especially after exiting The Newsboys, I found myself in churches, right. you know, ministering, yeah. doing my thing, and I hadn't before. You know, this was a new thing for me. And I, so, I'm kind of learning church culture and how they work. And, you know, so you're a volunteer, but you do this and this and all that, and you're not, right. you're on staff, but you know, man, people get, I can see how people hit burnout in that world because they get stretched so thin. And um, so, you know, boundaries again, for those, those people boundaries for me now, I need to know how much I can do when I can do it, what my parameters are and just stay within those rails. Otherwise, you know, I'm useless to everybody.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Tell me about, obviously, you guys uh, uh, on stage, you know, you're touring everywhere, popularity. Tell me about these, uh, you know, maybe speak to the worship leader that, uh, on how to stay grounded. How do, how do we stay centered in our faith and not realize that it's about, you know, our own ego and things like that? Talk to me about that some.
8: Yeah. Um <laughs> marry a good woman. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I for me, I've um I've taken on the practice in the last 20 years of just getting up every morning and spending a little time with the Lord and starting my day that way. And I know that's just kind of old school. And but it it's it's old school because it's it makes sense, you know. People yeah. have been doing this for <clears throat> hundreds if not thousands of years just starting their day being still (sighs) centering on the Lord centering on him realizing and helping him realize who we are what we need to be doing this day how to who how and who we need to love and what we how we need to serve and whatnot those things that you know I need that because I'm pretty dang ADD Carl you know you know (laughs) so um centering like that has been a big deal for me continuously and you know, I don't know. You know, people do. People ask. You know, well, how do you know? How do you handle people coming up and saying, "Hey," and you know, in the airport or wherever? And and I'm like, you know, people—they're not—they're not there trying to stroke my ego, or they're not like, "Wow." I think the genre that we're in, even if it's worship leading, or if you're in this, you know, Christian music, gospel music, whatever, the platform is different. What you're standing on is different and i think what people are sort of trying to say when they're approaching and saying hey I appreciate you i think really what they're saying is i really appreciate what you do you know you've, yeah. you've you've helped usher me into something new you've helped lead me through a difficult period you've helped soundtrack a, a joyful period you've helped you it's this has been helpful yeah. thank you yeah. you know and it, that sort of stuff actually means a lot you know um if i if i, I think if if you really if you think that it's about you know you and if you think these people are coming up to you and sort of saying hey you know ah, oh, then yeah, it's not going to go far and it's not going to mm-hmm. you know it's not going to serve you or anybody else well but the reality is that's not whatever what's not what people are saying
0: in another episode of our show i talked with pastor justin kendrick about how to build community while serving with our sunday teams here's what justin had to say Let's wrap this around the Sunday experience again. So how does yep. this apply if I'm leading a tech team, leading a worship team? If I'm a pastor, how, how can I apply it to myself to make sure that I'm in community? And yep. then how can I encourage this type of community in my teams?
9: Yeah. You know, every single gathering is an opportunity to build real community. And I think especially, you know, ladies are typically a little bit better at this. They can just get together and just talk about what's going on in their lives. Guys, we usually need to be doing something else. And then we get to talk about what's going on in our lives. So it's I'm like, hey, fishing buddies. All, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Let's all go and play basketball or whatever it is that you like to do. And so honestly, teams on a Sunday are some of the best opportunities to build community. And so, um, because you're doing something else a lot of times, like, Hey, we're all greeters or we're all setting up signs or we're all, you know, running the cameras. And those are, those are sacred moments where, and we actually teach our teams this, that when you understand these seven principles, you can begin to say, all right, how can I now leverage those principles for this moment? Like, okay, I made a mistake. Well, I can either become, you know, like, like recoil and like, you know, not own it and be awkward, or I can laugh at myself and and I just amplified grace. I create an atmosphere of fun. And so it's almost like think of it like a garden. like, hey, my tech team, my worship team, whatever. It's a garden, and I'm always planting something, and I'm always uprooting something. And so if I know these seven principles, then literally, hey, you've got time every single week with that team. To start planting and planting little moments of vulnerability, little moments of fun, little moments of sacrifice, little moments where you create healthy boundaries. Every time you do that, you end up cultivating uh, not just an effective team, but uh, a community of faith. And so I think that it's crazy for us to not leverage those moments every single Sunday and and what is your real job just to execute? Is that the job or is it the edification of the believer? And so I would say if you're a tech leader, if you're a worship leader, et cetera, your job is not just to get the, the thing done. Your job is to get the thing done while building community. And so if you don't know these principles of community, it's going to be a lot harder to do that.
0: So in the fall of 2022 or so, AI and VR really started taking off uh, quite a bit. Uh, Even though some AI tools have been around for years, really the AI and VR movement really started taking off uh, in that fall of 2022. Uh, And in that period, uh, around then and a few months later, I interviewed DJ Soto. DJ is the pastor of VR Church. I interviewed him about how his church was building immersive worship experiences in virtual reality check this out. How are you making, you you mentioned making more immersive sermons and stuff like that. What are you making that in? How do you make that? Is that uh, during the week? Is that what you're doing is creating those worlds in, in something kind of walk me through that process.
4: Yeah. So, uh, the currently the way it looks is there's a world build team. So, um, several people that are involved in a weekly basis because we build a new experience every week. So that's on um, your
0: team that you've created. Is they, yeah, they in charge vol- of creating those Yeah, volunteer
4: those team. Yep, volunteer team uh, in charge of creating those worlds. Early time, that's cool. um, when the t- early metaverse didn't have those tools to build in-game, so and then, they, and then they kind of arrived. And so that was like, I don't know, I have to go look back, but it was like 2018 where you could start building in the metaverse. And so what that means is like, you know, you come into an empty space, just looks like a void, black void. And then you open up a menu that says terrain, right. And you click on this button that you see a graphic of like ground and you, and it kind of uh, spawns in front of you this small. And then with your hands, you grab it, you resize it, you place it, and you could make this massive like football field in just like two seconds. And then you start planting trees and then you start, you know, doing whatever you, you, you want to do. And so early VR church was you know, we had a, like a template of a world that we used. Uh, but then there was like, um, um, I think the first build I ever did was the woman at the well, like on stage I made a little well with some water, some grass, very, um, unsophisticated and a frog there, just kind of chilling there, just to kind of like, I think a bucket, Mm -hmm. or pail of water. Um, and then that's, and I'm not like creative or a world designer like that, but I just was able to kind of pull that out. And then that evoked a response for people in the crowd who have that, um, you know, uh, ability and talent. And I was able to connect with some people who just had that sense, not necessarily like, you know, they were like, you know, 3d designers. I mean, one guy was like a, a mailman from the Netherlands, a, an artist from the UK. So it's not like, you know, these were professional degreed, you know, uh, 3d world, you know, engineers, right. uh, they were just, you know, quote unquote, mm. regular people with, with some incredible talent, just an eye for design and spatial mm-hmm. experiences. And so, um, and then I started handing that off. I was like, man, I would love to see this. And they So would you plan would your,
0: learn. do you preach in series where you're passing off a couple of weeks at a time? Hey, here's what I'm going to be preaching on. So here are the worlds or illustrations that I need.
4: Yeah. So we go uh, linearly. So mm-hmm. we, we just kind of go chapter by chapter uh, through the scriptures. Um, so that kind of came about early VR church. 2016 was actually the first church first church service that i mentioned i use video teaching i think from like um op- open resources mm-hmm. from life church or whatever because i was like leaving the physical church i was a part of trying to make ends meet you know, i was like i have zero time to prepare a sermon uh quick thought here a couple weeks into video teaching i was like oh this isn't working um because mm-hmm. in the met- you don't go to the metaverse into the matrix into a to watch a video to watch a screen yeah right, <laughs> right. maybe like a short one but you know uh, I love these guys. I love these preachers. I listen to them all the time, but you know, 30, 40 minutes uh, of a sermon, right. This right. doesn't work in the, in the oh, no, so, with a
0: headset on
4: might as well just watch yeah, it on I your computer screen. Right. Up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like I'm, we can do anything and be anything, but we're just going to sit here. Um, so yeah. the really quickly went right into, uh, life teaching. And so, um, and it really, it was just more like, okay, right, let's do this passage. And then I was like, well, let's just do the next kind of like, right. what's just what's next, right? right like, so then that traditionally just set the tone of like, oh, we're just going to go linear, linearly through. So the team, we organize on Airtable. Um, and so they'll see like, okay, we're like, we're in the book of, like, we started in Luke years ago. and we went all the way through it. Now we went, Rebecca and Matthew kind of working on Mark. Um, and so, yeah, the team will look on Airtable and say, oh, Matthew 28 is coming up. And right. so they'll They'll have work, oh. uh, meetings every Wednesday, I think to brainstorm. Um, and then they're building, you know, they'll say, Hey, you build this, you build that. And they'll create this fantastic world. It's like these worlds are shared. It's kind of like a Google doc where you can add people so you can add people to your world to build. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty, your leadership. Pretty... Sorry. Good. Now I was going to say that, uh, very sophisticated builds. Now they're very, like when you come into VR church, it's pretty wild. Like I, uh, I missed quite a bit of VR church recently because of COVID and I moved to Texas and uh, which speaks really volumes to the leadership that we have, but that they just did an amazing job. But I came back the other, I think my first week in a while was like a week or two ago and I walked in the world and I was like, they're just taking it to the next level. It just looked, it looked amazing. It was like a a Rembrandt painting in the sky. I don't know. It was, it's hard to explain yeah. how beautiful <laughs> it was. I talked with Pastor Kyle Eidelman, who's the lead pastor of
0: Southeast Christian Church, about how those who make Sunday happen feel when their way isn't working. How do we as ministry leaders ask for help? Here's Kyle. Do you find uh, as ministry leaders that we struggle asking for help? You know, we're the I'm the fixer. I'm the helper. I'm the minister. I don't I don't really need to to ask for help. So I guess, how do we know when we need help? Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think
10: it's not unique to, um, someone who's a minister, but I, I think it is consistent. M- meaning that, you know, I talked to some of my friends who are in the medical field and this is true for them too, right? Like they are helpers. And so right. it's hard for them to help. Um, you know, somebody uh, you've heard the expression, you know, the doctors make the worst patients. Right. So it's not just, it's, I think it's people who are focused in on that. I actually, I was, as this isn't in the book, just thought of it, but my, my wife was having a, a room in our house painted. I was talking to the painter while he was painting and, uh, and I said to him, man, I bet, I bet your house, is awesome. I bet you you keep your house painted, you know, all the time and you don't have to worry about this. And, and he kind of laughed and he said, Oh, we, he said that those of us who paint houses have a joke that our houses always need painted the most. In other words, if you're, if you're painting all the time, you, you don't worry about your own house. And I, I think that that is a, a natural thing that we have to to fight against because um, the, you know, in, instinct or the intuitive approach is, okay, I'm I'm the helper. If I'm the helper, I don't, want to be the person who needs help. And, um, and that was something I really struggled with. Um, and I still do. Um, I, I began to recognize, you know, how many people around me were not only willing to help, they wanted to help, but I needed to let them know I needed it. I needed to ask for it. And, and then I, th- I think one of the mistakes I made that is, I see in my friend, ministry leader friends as well, is I I'm not bad at sharing challenges, struggles with people who I know can do something about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not very good at just sharing them for the sake of sharing them. Right. And one of the things that God has been teaching me on this journey, you know is the Galatians truth, you know, to bear one another's burdens and in so doing, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. that there is something really important, about sharing a burden with someone, even if they can do nothing to fix it. Like that is part of being in the family of God. I think it's easier for church people to do that than for ministry leaders to do that.
0: I agree. Like, totally agree. Uh,
10: and then by the time, by the time we do it, things have, you know, things are off the rails and are off the tracks. And you're like, man, if I would have just been a, a follower of Jesus in the church, I probably would have shared this burden or asked for help, you know, earlier in the in the process, um, instead of waiting until things got more obviously difficult.
0: All right, last clip for you this week. This is a clip from our 400th episode. This was a big one as Chris Tomlin joined me for this episode of the show. Now let's end with some fun. This is quick rapid fire questions with Chris Tomlin. Check this out. All right. Rapid fire. Just some quick hits for you. All right. Who, who was your biggest musical inspiration growing up?
11: Uh, Stephen Christian.
0: Oh, dive in. Great adventure, baby.
11: Yeah. Uh,
0: who have you met in your career that you have fanboyed over? Same answer.
11: Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, that was really cool. That first one, <laughs> but um, I went to, uh, early on. Uh, when I was very first starting, I was doing a weekend, um, conference, youth conference. And I was in a hotel in Minneapolis and I went to the gym and in, there was only one other person in the gym and it was John Denver. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, like for me, I mean, just growing up with country roads and all yeah. the things I was like, that yeah, is yeah. the dude. And I didn't say a word. I just, I just stood there. And I was like, this is, this is one of my heroes. And um, I wish I would have, cause he didn't, yeah. he, he didn't live much longer after that, but I, uh, that was a cool moment.
0: Awesome. All right. What is one thing a worship leader could do this Sunday on stage that would help people connect with God in a deeper way?
11: Um, my buddy Louis Giglio says it the best to lead from acceptance, not for acceptance. If you can get that right, you're going to be a better leader.
0: Is there one song that you've written, or or a, a song in your catalog that's the most cringeworthy as you look back? What's the song that you want us to burn all the copies of?
11: Mm. Oh my goodness! There's a uh, there's some there's some cringe. There's a you, you take my uh, the noise we make. I would say that's my most cringeworthy. Is this there was a record called that. I remember
0: that album. So I so I used to took, uh, take take uh, a youth and and I was a, a youth group student life back way back in the day. Yeah, it was like yeah that that was the, the that song. was the noise we make era right there.
11: Listen to the song that song is like I listen to it now going oh my gosh what was I thinking? <laughs> all
0: right, uh, all right. Last one. What is your most embarrassing on stage moment or biggest production fumble? Hmm.
11: Man. Uh, Thankfully, I have not, I have not had a lot of embarrassing things on stage. Um, I, nothing, nothing, nothing huge comes to mind.
0: Wow! Any cable mess up? Mic turned off? Somebody fall off the? Oh.
11: Stage. Uh, um, I, I've definitely taken some tumbles. Um, you know, tripped, fallen, all all those kind of things have you know, have had so many. Yes, problems with, you know, you're in panic mode because you're embarrassed because your in air system is going crazy and you, and no one knows that. And you can't explain it to people that, hey, right. I right. know this sounds really bad right now, but the reason it sounds bad <laughs> is I can't hear a thing. I've yeah. got like radio tower in my ear. Somebody's calling in planes land while I am trying to sing a song. Yeah. All the things, you know, I've had all that. And so, for me it's been personally embarrassing for everybody else everybody's like oh that was a great night i'm like really that was the <laughs> hardest thing i've ever been through in my life
1: the show notes for this episode are available now at making sunday all
0: right gang we have reached the end of this episode and the end of this podcast i want to thank you so much for being on this journey it's been an incredible ride And I'm not going anywhere. I'm just shifting my hosting duties over to our brand new podcast, Your Visuals Matter. And you can check out new weekly episodes of that show at churchvisuals.com. Again, look for Your Visuals Matter at churchvisuals.com. All right. For the last time, go out there and create some incredible worship experiences at your church this weekend.
1: I love you guys. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.